0: all right men welcome back we are in week one and we are talking about limiting beliefs or beliefs that limit you and hinder you in some way or fashion Uh, if you were to ask me what is the most detrimental thing inside of the lives of christian men and i would say it is detrimental beliefs And of course if you were to ask me what is the most beneficial thing that christian men can learn inside of recovery and discipleship i would say how to overcome smash and destroy those limiting beliefs and so that is the topic and uh, i'm excited to dive in so first i want to talk about this concept of uh sabotage okay sabotage at its very definition means a deliberate subversion that means somebody has decided to deliberately and intentionally sabotage now this is really the story of the ages if you think about this uh, if you've read the Bible, you kind of get the narrative. You understand uh, what it's trying to communicate to us. And that is there has been a, a sabotage going on. There has been a deliberate uh, subversion since the beginning of time. So God created man and he created man in his image, right? And he gave them earth and they were meant to uh, rule and reign and have dominion. They were meant to exercise their authority. Uh, they were meant to be in control in all of these different things. And so from the first chapter of the book, we see a sabotage and we see a subversion. And that is something that is uh, offered, uh, something that is enticing and something that would uh, cause the, the plan of God to be subverted inside of the hearts of men. So God had a plan inside of creation. I've talked about this many a times, um, but that his intention was uh, for a man to become uh, like him, uh, to be a creator, begin to rule and reign, and begin to have dominion, exercise authority, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, right? And then God, uh, as we know, had an enemy. And this enemy uh, thought to himself somewhere before this time set, that he was going to extend his throne and that he was going to be like the Most High. And what we see here is a jealousy begin to rise and an enemy uh, that begin to be created and a influence and a power that begin to subvert the, the plan and the intentions of God upon this earth. So that being said, there is a influence of sabotage, an influence of subversion inside of this world. And the intention is to overthrow and to destroy the plan. Now we see this happening inside of the garden, inside of the plan of creation, that God had a purpose and intention. And we see sabotage and we see subversion from the very beginning. Now we go into the legacy of Abraham. Now Abraham couldn't have children and he was, spent, uh, was meant to have a seed or an, uh, an inheritance through him, uh, through a child that would uh, bring in uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ and would uh, uh, be much like the, the, the stars in the sky, right? Now there became a great dilemma because he, he didn't have any children. He was getting very old, right? So the subversion and the sabotage was uh, maybe he should go into um, have sexual relations with his uh, maid, right? And so to put that in modern day tense, it's like, you know, I can't, uh, I can't have children. So maybe, you know, the house cleaner that comes by, maybe, you know, I can have children through the house cleaner, right? So we see that in modern day terms, uh, looking at that and it's like, well, that's not a very good plan, right? In fact, the plan was, uh, the ultimate subversion. And that is, uh, creating a, almost like a sabotage uh, situation that was going to happen. So. We see something uh, inside of Abraham's life that was meant for his uh, subversion and that was meant to really uh, conquer and overcome the plan of God that was happening inside of his life. And so uh, we see this with uh, uh, Jacob facing uh, starvation that he was, um, God had a plan for his life and his plan was to thrive and to grow. Uh, and and to expand. And then immediately he faces uh, this situation uh, that is going to bring him uh, starvation, that is going to challenge really the plan that God had for his life. So we see starting in creation and going to Abraham and going to Isaac, or I'm sorry, Jacob, facing the, the starving moment. Um, this is all a... Uh, Plan and intention and influence to sabotage and create subversion. I'm going to go into a couple more just so we establish the thread in the narrative here. That Joseph, uh, he had an amazing plan uh, of God on his life and was created to do something amazing and to do something great. Right. And this subversion tactic, uh, the sabotage happened, and he was sold into slavery at a very young age because his brothers were jealous. So we see here that there is an influence uh, to create something amazing and something great, and then there's an influence of sabotage and subversion to begin to stop that from taking place. Moses. We see in Moses' life that... um, the infant gen- genocide uh, that happened during his time. And that was the whole purpose and intention was to sabotage the plan of God uh, that was bringing a deliverer. You see these, these spiritual people and these gurus and stuff, they had uh, different hints and revelations of certain things that were going to take place. And they could feel it inside of the people that a, an uproar was about to begin to happen. And, and these things. So, these very uh, tactics were meant to stop, uh, to sabotage a plan that was about to be unfold. Uh, so, you kind of get the point here that each person, we can kind of see that there is an influence that wanted to create something great, and there's an influence of sabotage and subversion inside of that. Now, Jesus tar- tells a, a parable about the tares and the wheat. And uh, the, uh, the sower went and sowed wheat, okay? And then at the harvest time or during the process of time, um, the wheat and the tares begin to grow. And they begin to see the tares. And, and Jesus says this, that an enemy has done this. And that he went forth to with good intentions to plant something good and to create uh, something amazing and something awesome. And then an enemy has come with a a sabotage intense to begin to stop the plan uh, that is about to take place. So we see that throughout the whole narrative of the Bible. What we also see is knowing and understand that um, that he is coming with a kingdom of peace and he shall rule and reign. On his, uh, of his kingdom there shall be no end and all of these different things about the the coming a uh, real uh, uh, peace at utopia that is going to to take place and what we have at the same time is a subversion on this earth, is men thinking that they can accomplish this with their great minds and their great education and that they think that they can bring in, usher in a utopia uh, by genocide or, uh, or picking the elite bloodline and the heritage and, and continuing that while getting rid of those who are not so good in the gene pool. You understand what I'm talking about? So, sabotage. And it all comes down to lies and deception. Lies, deception, and fear. Think about this for for a minute with Abraham, that he was deceived into thinking that he had to create his own plan and begin to have sex with his handmaiden or his maid, right? To bring about the fulfillment and the promise of God. Now, all of that was a narrative that spun around in his head, okay? And it was a plan that he hatched. And, um, and what we understand through that is it, it, was, uh, it was a form of deception and lies that he was entertaining, that he believed. And uh, it brought about some actions and behaviors uh, that manifested from believing that lie and that deception. So in that moment, I'm sure he's thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out. Now this is the ultimate uh, motivation of men, right? Uh, There's no... It's no mystery what motivates man. And it's really goes to the root in insecurity and fear and fear of missing out or not uh, partaking of a blessing or fear of of some sort of detrimental thing coming upon you. So he looked at his life and said, I don't have a child. I need to hatch a plan. I'm scared and I'm gonna begin to operate in fear now and I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out. So I need to make sure that I begin to accomplish this in my own power, right? So we see these progressions laying out that lies, deception, fear and what it ultimately is is cause the plan to be defeated, okay? So get that again. Lies, deception, fear cause the plan to be defeated. And so it was with Jesus that uh um we all know that he was betrayed by the hands of Judas. And Judas uh I'll read this uh for you real quick. He was Uh, One of the 12 named Judas went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver for him. And then he began to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. What I want to point out here is that, um, you know, he went to them and he asked them, what are you willing to give me to betray him? And so he, uh, he wholeheartedly began to pursue this thing and to set out and seek after to accomplish this task. And then after he received the money, he was just looking for the opportunity to betray him. So what I want to notice here is looking for the opportunity. And so in all this conversation about sabotage, it all comes down to the intention is already there the desire and the influence, the resisted influence is already present. Now that resisted influence, uh, that's its plan. That's its intention. And that, uh, influence is just looking for the opportunity. Okay. And once again, it is to sabotage you and to hold you back. So within every area of your life, your family, faith, fitness, and finances, there is an influence that seeks to sabotage you, uh, to begin to hold you black and destroy the plans and the intentions that you have for your life. And it's called the resistance. Okay. But here's, here's where we go wrong. And that is that we begin to side with the resistance. And then that, that, what that means is the resistance is speaking this and then we, we parrot what the, what the influence, the sabotaging influence says, right? And that is the inner critic, the voice, all of these different doubts and fears. And what we do is as we begin to mimic and we begin to parrot what the saboteur is saying, okay? And then this is what leads us to the ultimate self-sabotage, Okay. And we ask ourselves, what is holding us back really? We know that there is an influence out there that seeks to sabotage us, right? But we also know that we have been given victory. And we have overcome that evil influence and we have choice and we have responsibility and we have empowerment and we have all of those things at our disposal. What that means now is that when I when I begin to partake of this situation, what I'm actually doing is partaking in self-sabotagement, that I am destroying myself and I am making the choice to do so. Now there is a victim story of determinism out there that this saboteur or this evil influence that we don't have the ability to resist and oppose this. Yeah. And we are a product of our environment and all of these different things, not understanding that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And now we ha- we now have this Liberty. We now can begin to recognize this subverting influence that is going on inside of our lives. And we can stand up empowered in our authority and say, no, This is not happening to me. So, self-sabotage. Proverbs 15.32 says this. Those who disregard discipline sabotage themselves. But those who are open to correction gain understanding. So, what I want you to uh, thoroughly understand is these two words. And that is disregard and discipline. So, when you disregard something, it means that you dismiss it, uh, you refuse it, and you avoid it. Now, there is a certain thing that is being dismissed here and being refused and avoided, and it's discipline. And this ultimately comes down to our main issue is that we don't want to beat our body and bring it into subjection to what the spirit is saying in our life, right? It's too difficult. It requires too much. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're relying on mercy instead of really uh, putting our, our body into subjection, into our spirit, and what, re- what we really want to take place inside of our lives. So we're disregarding, avoiding, and refusing discipline. Discipline means this. Control. Gained by forcing obedience. Now, this is what really needs to take place inside of our lives if we want to be grow if we want to be successful and that is there are impulses and there are desires that crop up that must be controlled and must be beaten and forced into obedience it's called self-control okay and when we uh, disregard self-control dismiss or avoid self-control we are what the bible says we are destroying ourselves How are we destroyed? By lack of discipline and lack of self-control. What does that mean? It means we're the one person responsible for actually shooting ourselves in our foot, right? Now, this takes the responsibility off the evil influence and saying, you know what, I'm just tempted all the time, and I'm just this, that, and the other thing, and the devil won't leave me alone and get me out me, Satan, and all these different things, not understanding that the self-sabotaging effect happens in here, inside our mindset, inside our refusal to begin to walk inside of discipline and self-control. So we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Now, shoot ourselves in the foot is a old terminology. It comes from a, a couple different sources. I, I found this uh, kind of comical. But the first one uh, comes from the Old West when a cowboy wore his pistol in his belt holster, right? And he tries to draw to his gun too quickly, and it accidentally goes off before he gets, uh, uh, gets it out of the holster, and it results in him shooting himself in his foot, Okay. So I wanted to give you that mental picture. And also, it, uh, a lot of people believed it, der- it derived from soldiers who were sick of battle. And the only way that they can get out is to be injured. And so they would take their gun and they would shoot themselves in the foot and thereby uh, cause themselves to be relieved from activity and to be relieved from duty. So we have these two analogies of, of shooting ourselves in the foot. But what it all boils down to is that we are the author and the creator of our misfortune, okay? And that we are the ones that are actually causing our problems. And that is because we have these limiting beliefs and we refuse to practice awareness to begin to look at them and to begin to examine them and look at what they are. We begin to walk in these things and we don't challenge them and we, and we fall for them every time hook, line, and sinker. Okay, And we allow our mind to give us excuses and justifications and all the reasons why we can continue in the behavior that we know is killing us. That we know is destroying us but yet we rationalize ourselves into that frame of mind and we become what the author and the creator of our own misfortune whenever i think about this i think about the song the man in the mirror you know uh michael jackson you know i'm asking him to change his ways and so when the reality about this really hits us about yes there is a sabotaging influence That sabotaging influences inside my mindset through belief systems and through thinking errors and that I need to really challenge that influence first inside of my mind. This is the battleground. This is where everything is taking place inside the hearts and the minds of men. And once we begin to understand that, we begin to understand the kind of battle that we are engaged in and that we begin to understand the tactics of what is taking place. So, when we become the author of our own misfortune, that means we are aligning ourselves with the lies, the narrative that is going on inside of our mind, these false beliefs that limit us in a very uh, real fashion. And we begin to be inspired by fear. And what that means is that we will constantly be destroying ourselves. And that is uh, into a relationship or a, a relationship that could be a good thing, right? And we kill the good thing. We kill it quick, right? And it could be something awesome and something powerful. It doesn't have to be a sexual relationship. It doesn't have to be a marital relationship. It could be any relationship, but it's a very positive thing. And what we do is we, be, we begin to be inspired by fear and we begin to sabotage the relationship. And we, get, we begin to kill it. In fact, we, if anything good is happening inside of our lives, we kill it. And this is what it really means to to, to self sabotage. Or we see a relationship that we definitely shouldn't get involved in, right? And we know that it's not beneficial for our growth and development, but yes we we engage in it, we participate in it, and we rationalize and justify and all these different things and this feels good, right? And and we put ourselves in, and, and we put ourselves into a situation that causes us to kill the life that is inside of us, our spiritual life. Things might be going good for a cool minute, man. We are rocking it. We're learning how to practice self-control. We're forsaking addictions. We're walking in our authority. We're in the word. We're doing all these things, right? And things are working. Things are working is because we are engaged in practicing the right things, right? And we're beginning to make investments inside of our lives and things begin to work all of a sudden we begin to mess that up. You know, things are going too good. I don't deserve to have this connection with God and all these different things. And we mess it up by doing something severely stupid that brings us a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And all of a sudden we go back down into the pit and we're like, woe is me, God, rescue me, deliver me, and all of these different things. Not understanding that we are the ones who put ourselves in that position. Number three financial life, things are becoming good, right? We're experiencing some sort of uh, prosperity. Things are uh, things are bopping along. We have more than enough, and and it's just really good. And we're just really thinking, you know, when is this going to end? Because I know that this is not the way that life is supposed to be, right? And we have all these limiting beliefs surrounding finances, and what do we do? We make sure that we burn it to the ground because. We are self-sabotaging ourselves and every good thing that begins to happen in our life, we kill it and we destroy it. We put ourselves into situations where we don't belong. We make uh, multiple decisions that bring us a lot of pain. And life is going good in different areas and we find a way to ruin it somehow. This is the reality of the self-sabotaging influence when we begin to align our mindset with that conversation and begin to parrot what is uh, being said in insecurities and in fears. So why do we do this? This is really important. Why do we self-sabotage? At the bottom line of this, it is self-worth and it's not believing that you are good enough. And here's the reality. If you don't feel like you deserve something, you'll make sure that you don't get it. I'll say that again. If you feel like you don't deserve something, you will make sure that you don't get it. And if by chance you do get it and you experience a little bit of relief and happiness, you will make sure to destroy it because you are not worthy and deserving of any sort of happiness whatsoever. Okay. So the self-sabotaging mindset comes from insecurity and fear, but it comes from self-worth and it comes from feeling like you are not enough. So this is the way it plays out in our, our life. Every time we, we come to the ceiling, that is the ceiling of the limiting beliefs that we have placed upon our life. This is our, this is our max. This is where we can go, right? And your beliefs keep you on that state and condition. When you come like this and you come up to the ceiling and you're getting close to the ceiling, right? You'll tap the ceiling and you'll get close to to, uh, exalting and, and raising your standard and begin to living above and beyond what is norm, right? And you will feel the resistance and then you will back off, okay? And you'll go back down to where you were. Now we do this in multiple different areas of our frame, family, faith, fitness, and finances. And as we begin to rise, we begin to experience some sort of greatness inside of our marriage and we begin to touch the the ceiling that we're at. And we'll be like, wow, this feels good. Things are good. We're communicating. We're, we're in intimacy. We're in oneness and everything is going great. Right? And then all of a sudden you hit that, that point of like, wow, this is cool. Well, If you believe that you're not worthy, you're not enough, you will, uh, you will destroy that and you will burn that down and you will do it by actions and your behavior, uh, you'll do something stupid and things will begin to spiral back down to where you feel comfortable or what you feel like you deserve. Now this happens inside of every single area of our lives. If we don't feel that we're worthy. We will bring ourselves back down to this place and condition. Paul talks about this a little bit uh, in an analogy. He said, I don't do the things I desire to do. I don't do them. And those things that I I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. I have to repeat this because it's kind of a little bit of a tongue twister and we have to wrap our minds around this. So I will um, do the first statement first. I don't do the things I desire to do. And that is I desire to do things that get me up here towards my ceiling and bust through and begin to rise, begin to conquer, overcome, and destroy inside of my life. Right? I desire to do things that bring me the best manifested fruit and result inside of my life. I desire to do those things, right? I don't get things that I desire to do. Right? I don't break free. I don't bust that limit. I don't rise. I don't do none of those things. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. And what does that cause me to do? Spiral down. And it keeps me away from any form of greatness inside of my life, and it keeps me basking in in just the mediocre, okay? Another reason why we do this is because of shame. Now, shame because of our mistakes, because of our guilt, because of the different things that have happened inside of our lives. This shame <clears throat> causes us to self-destruct. In basic terms, what it means is that we we hate ourselves, and we don't like ourselves, and we don't respect ourselves. And it's due to maybe certain behaviors, certain past, certain whatever, and it gives us an overall feeling of self hatred. Now, this uh, ultimately is where self harm comes from. You know, we begin to harm ourselves when we begin to hate ourselves. And we begin to put all this shame and all this guilt and all this pressure upon our life and all the self harm is, is just to release us from the feelings that we are feeling of self hatred. And this comes to the core problem of self worth and not being enough. So where in your life are you limiting your potential and your success? Where in your life is there a sabotage influence and is speaking very strongly in your life and you are siding with this ne- negative and critical influence and therefore you're you're manifesting this mediocreness? Where in your life? This doesn't mean every single bit of your life is mediocre. This could be your spiritual life always goes to Uh, uh, to this mediocreness, when you begin to feel like you're getting some victory. You're beginning to walk. You're beginning to make progress, and you feel like you don't deserve it. So you shoot yourself in your own foot, okay, and you bring yourself back to the state and condition where you feel comfortable. Now, this can happen in any area of your life. So I challenge you to look at that and say, where am I? Uh, self-sabotaging myself? Where am I destroying myself? And what am I willing to believe about myself to begin to change that? Okay. It all starts with self-worth and believing who God says you are and believing that you have and possess what God says you have and possess. All right, brothers, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.